8.46. Uh, different view time. Andrew Zhang of Accurus, thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Alex. And Chinese regulators cracking down on c- Korean conglomerates. How much of this is fair game and how much of it is um, worthy of what um, we've heard actually in the last few hours at the UN General Assembly meeting? President Trump suggesting China should be as tough on North Korea as it is on South Korea. Mm-hmm. And that's another, you know, debate for another day. But uh, I think we're familiar with uh, the Chinese government not being, I guess, too friendly with uh, brand names and conglomerates uh, that are famous here in Korea, including Lotte, um, E-Mart, Hyundai Motor. Uh, These are some of the latest, uh, I guess, conglomerates that have been the objects of uh, crackdowns in China. And uh, I guess... have been forced to revisit their foreign investment strategy due to this uh, ongoing uh, political row between Beijing and Seoul over uh, North Korea. But um, uh, Korean businesses have been uh, squeezed into a dilemma. On the one hand, they have been compelled uh, to invest and find new markets in other areas within Asia outside China. And uh, this is, of course, an opportunity to trim down uh, Korea's income dependence on China. But on the other hand, uh, Korean businesses have been booted from the world's second largest economy, so which is not really going to be good in terms of loss of income. So Korean corporations will need to replace this loss of income uh, in one way or another. And South Korea also appears to be lacking in any leverage uh, to counter this uh, regulatory action against uh, Korean Korean, uh, corporations within China Um, in this, uh, again, this ongoing geopolitical row over uh, South Korea's deployment of THAAD, uh, which is, of course, the U.S. missile shield uh, that is based in what used to be a Lotte-owned golf course. So this is a complicated matter. But uh, on the one hand, you have people saying this is a great opportunity to, I guess, you know, divest and to, I guess, decrease our dependence on China. And then on the one hand, you have other people saying, this is too much all at once, and this is going to hurt. Well, earlier this week, we heard some analysis suggesting China is just handpicking what it targets and is making sure it doesn't harm itself with the dealing of intermediary goods with South Korea, for example. What have the local reports had to say? Uh, right. So again, on the one hand, uh, those uh, there have been saying that uh, the the regulatory fallout is okay. It's time to diversify South Korea's national business and investment portfolio. And one of these reports was uh, from the Chosunibo, and this conservative newspaper published a story yesterday uh, reporting allegations that Chinese government officials uh, had allegedly deceived uh, South Korean battery makers into investing millions of dollars to build factories and uh, various local governments. And uh, the Chosunibo. report uh, went on to allege that the Chinese government officials, uh, mostly, again, local government officials, arbitrarily held back from approving battery registrations uh, after uh, the THAAD controversy erupted. So this is one report saying, you know, the the Korean conglomerates there have been uh, backstabbed, they've been deceived. Um, But there also have been a a report noting that the South Korean corporations um, have in part struggled in China even before... uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the THAAD crackdown. And uh, these reports argue that the THAAD crackdown appears to be becoming uh, the nail in the coffin uh, rather than the big hit that some reports have been alleging it to be. And uh, one of these reports have been uh, from the Hangyore, uh, which reported yesterday morning that uh, Lotte, uh, again, one of the South Korean conglomerates that have suffered uh, a lot in China, uh, had been struggling even before uh, the THAAD controversy erupted. So uh, this Hangyore report says that uh, Lotte had suffered at least close to 500 billion won in cumulative uh, operating losses 
is from 2013 uh, to 2016, uh, before uh, the Fed controversy really took full course in China. And uh, the Hungary report also argues uh, that Hyundai and Kia Motors uh, had failed to take business-savvy uh, moves, like releasing new models at the uh, opportune seasons, for example. That's interesting you know, so tonight. This is a Hungary report saying that, yeah, the Fed controversy is not really too good, and it may even be unfair uh, in, ter- in some ways, but you, know, you guys were struggling anyway. So. Yeah, so the suggestion is that this is kind of an excuse, maybe even face-saving. Yes. You've got another... Publications in front of you, don't you? Uh, this is not one of your usual ones, though. The no. Sydney Morning Herald. Right. Um, well, I picked this out because um, it, it comes from a regional, uh, I guess, a regional uh, partner, I guess, if you will, uh, of South Korea. And um, this uh, Australian newspaper uh, published an op- opinion piece, uh, and it was written by the paper's international editor, uh, and it was entitled, quote, Why Australia Shouldn't Count on China for Growth and Profits. I know there are a few Australians here, and I'm sure they would, they would be interested in what this person had to say. And uh, Peter Harcher is the person's name, and he wrote an opinion piece largely sympathetic Uh, towards the plight of South Korean companies, setting a quote on how the Chinese government was scoring a, quote, own goal uh, through its regulatory actions, which I guess goes against one of the arguments that you pointed out earlier, uh, and noting how China was punishing South Korea, uh, which, of course, is the victim, uh, from his perspective, of North Korea's uh, provocations. Um, But Harcher does note that uh, his argument is not about, quote, superpower morality. Um, Harcher acknowledges uh, that the U.S., Um, uh, has long been a user of economic sanctions against countries that it deems as misbehaving. So, you know, what he's saying is what China is doing, not really too different from what the U.S. has employed in in a lot of cases. But Hartford does, though, say that South Korea's plight illustrates, quote, why countries, including Australia, uh, need to keep their options open and their economic risks diversified. So going back to the argument uh, raised by some South Korean newspapers newspapers saying that this is a great opportunity to diversify uh, our trade dependence uh, away from China and our, I guess, financial income source uh, from, I guess, you know, exports. So it's uh, going to hurt, but at the end of the day, it's a good opportunity and we're going to survive. Well, I I cited uh, U.S. President Donald Trump before. He said a lot of things, actually, in the last few hours. But it's actually Senator Cory Gardner, Republican senator, who said this in an interview with CNN. China has carried out its vindication. It's a vindictive campaign against South Korea uh, over this third missile defense response. Um, China has cost South Korea's economy up to $9 billion, claimed Gardner. And uh, he serves as chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Subcommittee on Asian and Pacific Affairs. He says if they were to take that same aggressive approach to North Korea, we would actually see something different today. So South Korea is certainly drawing some sympathy right. from abroad. The Hungary less charitable no. or, or, or taking a certainly nuanced view. What about the uh, $8 million question on North Korea, whether we should be even contemplating providing that sort of aid at this moment in time. Right. This is a uh, different debate, but it's certainly linked to the, the, the r- argument that we've been discussing. And the Moon Jae-in administration is flirting with this proposal to, to provide North Korea with an $8 million humanitarian aid package. Uh, most editorials here uh, appear to be against this idea. But, um, uh, of course, the reasons for opposing this are the usual suspects, including uh, the argument that the North appears not to to be interested in the aid at all. They're more focused on 
uh, nuclear weapons. This is uh, one of the editorials that cited that was the Busan Ilbo in the September 17th editorial. Uh, another reason popularly cited is the fact that the aid idea could hurt policy coordination with uh, the U.S. and Japan. Uh, one of the newspapers that quoted this was the Hangul Ilbo on September 14th. Uh, but I just wanted to point out a Seoul Shinmun editorial argued, uh, arguing that the aid idea is, quote, correct in the larger scheme of things. And the Seoul Shinmun notes that Uh, aid packages delivered to the North through international organizations like the World Food Program continued even under South Korea's conservative uh, administrations, although it was partially halted by the, uh, the Park Geun-hye administration. But the Seoul Shinmun also notes that the, uh, the South's humanitarian, humanitarian aid is aimed at developing a long-term, sustainable relationship with the North. And in this regard, the aid must be decoupled from politics, according to the Seoul Shinmun editorial. Challenging. Yes. <laughs> And if the Moon administration chooses not to proceed, reviving the aid could become politically difficult uh, later down the road. The Seoul Shinmun concludes yeah. that the amount of aid to be provided should be up for debate, but canceling it altogether must be carefully uh, examined. It does seem more productive to talk about helping ordinary North Korean people than destroying the country altogether, as we've also mm. heard this morning. Mm. But um, is it something that can be synced with the whole sanctions approach for now? That's a question we'll leave hanging in the air. Andrew Jong, with our different view today, thank you. Thank you, Alex. And it's almost time to sign off today. I do want to let you know, uh, you're invited to a special event in celebration of the Chuseo holiday here at TBS EFM. Our morning cultural show, Careerscapes, holding a Korean language speech contest next Wednesday, September 27th. Four non-native Korean speakers are competing for a top prize of a gift certificate worth 300,000 won. We want you to be part of the audience. And to help decide the winner, join Careerscape host Kurt Aishin and a panel of distinguished judges at TBS Radio Hall here in Sangamdong, Wednesday, September 27th, 8pm. Get your tickets by sending just a quick email with your name, contact and number of tickets to careerscape at gmail.com. The deadline is Monday, September 25th, so don't delay. And Careerscape's coming up in just a few moments for today's edition. We'll be back tomorrow at 7.05. Stay with us also for your news headlines next.